Yay, everyone. Episode, like, 85, I think. It's, uh, yeah. Um, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm in St. Louis. Things are kind of weird up here, guys. I brought the cat oh, with yeah. me. And, uh, I have to, um, I guess go yell at housekeeping and be a Karen because, uh, I don't think they get the message on it. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we can tell housekeeping not to come, not to come clean. And they came and cleaned. They did a great job. But the problem was, I thought Biscuit escaped. <laughs> And uh, that, I, I was, I was screaming, "Where the fuck are you?" And I found. I wonder if they were, like curtains. came into the room and they were like, "Oh fuck, we let a cat in this room again. We got to get this cat out." Like, yeah, they tried to kill her. This hotel or, is infested <laughs> with cats. Or they heard there was a cat here. They were like, "We got to go find this cat. We got to make up an excuse to go up in there." Be like, uh, "Gas leak, new towels. All right, we're doing it." So, um, but I found her. Uh, I think. I just put up like the don't disturb thing, and we should be good after, after that. But uh, I, I was a little bit of a nervous wreck initially. Um, she, I put yeah. these little, uh, little blue cap, uh, cap uh, claw caps on her, so it looks like she uh, went out and got her nails did. So she's all fancied up. She just took a massive shit, and uh, she buried it well. Um, she, uh, she takes, she takes. Uh, she takes decent poops, not very smelly. Josh, we, you know, we, all right, the house doesn't smell like a cat's been there, wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't, and you that's know. part of the reason why I decided to move in, because I was like, hey, he's got a cat, it doesn't smell like a fucking, you know, gigantic puddle of piss and shit and cum. Oh gee! Oh man, your cat bias is coming out. Yeah. Oh boy, that that um, ammonia smell can just. Burn, like burn your oh, eyes dude. out, make your it, dick shrivel up, dude. It like, hits you so hard when you're like, uh, fucking cats pissing and shitting in here. But biscuit, uh, I gotta give her credit. She's good about like just uh, you know being courteous and thoughtful. Uh, except for when Josh wants to hold her, then she, uh, um, well, then she acts like a little asshole. Then she really lets out those cat tendencies. Yeah, all, all, all is good up in St. Louis. Josh and I are seeing Tom Segura Saturday, so we're very excited. Hell yeah, we're giddy. Yeah, get to see Tom. Right, you should, uh, you should meet us for a drink afterwards. I am I, off I the next day. Do you want to get? You want to go fucking goblin mode? <laughs> I, I might have to work that night, but if I don't, I will. Yeah. I could, I could uh, meet up with y'all. Or uh, you know, if it goes, uh, if the wild card goes three games, we'll go goblin mode Saturday and then not take a break and just continue the goblin moding into Sunday. Forty-eight <laughs> hours. Forty-eight, 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't give a Miller light after midnight. This is what happened. <laughs> I've been Dude. running on Jameson since Saturday. I'll show up to work on Monday just hung over you show up at work at the job we can't name it could involve anybody it's my internship it's your internship at uh espn they uh they decided to give it another look is what it was i apologize (laughs) to randy (laughs) character they uh uh they saw how you uh they saw how uh, as you put in the group chat how you put the headphones in uh, to maintain them, and they realize uh, that ball is life with you, and that you're just gonna <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna just replace Wodge when it comes to you know you know trade deadline shit and everything like that. Who was the ESPN? Um, who was the NBA reporter that told Josh Hawley to go fuck himself? That was uh, Adrian Wodge Ranowski. However you say his name? Yeah, Wojnowski. Wojnowski. Yeah. Polish. He's- 
He's like the number one person for any NBA breaking news. Like Shams doesn't have shit on him. Is he the is he the heavier guy that uh, got memeified? Where no, we come to Utah um, Jazz? Oh, that's Brian Windhorst. Brian, Brian. Windhorst. Uh, yeah. Watch is bald guy? Yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's a bald guy. He's got thick brim glasses. He kind of oh, looks dude. like Matthew Barry. Like, oh, there's like a few guys who work for ESPN that all look the same, and like they all. They just make them in a factory. One has glasses, one doesn't. <laughs> they just clone them. <laughs> yeah, they have like a petri dish of just Johnny Sins, like guy who got with a little Brazzers like build to him, which is bald white guy, and then they just add a little bit of schlub to it. And that's all they do. They just, <laughs> just fuck up the genetics slightly so they don't make the perfect specimen, but they do make the perfect ESPN reporter. And that's what they do with it. Um, let's talk baseball. Um, season ended. Yeah, season ended. Do you want, guys? Let's start with the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get (laughs) out of the way. (laughs) What, what exactly do you want to, we want to make fun of them, I guess, right? Because they, uh. Yeah. I mean, I hope, oh man, I wish I could get uh, Nick Bradshaw on right now to be our, Correspondent, in our New York correspondent. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't. We Queens is on fire right now. They have, <laughs> they have, the, uh, they have used the uh, weight, the combined weight of forty Mets fans to topple the Statue of Liberty into the bay. <laughs> she is now seeing to the Atlantic as well as the Mets hope uh, for getting they, past. They are the a bunch of like whiny bitches though, because they are. Like, oh my you god! Can tell yeah. Their demeanor, they've already lost the wild card. Like, they're already out. Like, they are, like, (laughs) already heartbroken. It's season's over, and 101 wins is nothing. We could describe their September as, I think, if you position the choke job as in, all you had to do was, they went, prior to getting swept by the Braves, they went 12 and 10 against their pretty weak schedule. They finished, I think they swept the Nats, so they finished like 15 and 10 against these against these bottom feeders, which isn't bad. All right, play above 500 against teams you're supposed to beat. But Mets fans wanted them to go undefeated, or better yet, it, you know, a little bit better. But regardless, you could frame it as a choke job that you got swept by the Braves, or... Yeah, you should have, instead of going 12 and 10, you should have gone 13 and 9. Because you had the tiebreaker if you didn't get swept. Or, you know, you would have finished with one more win, sorry. Because they both finished tied. But I think the way Mets fans do it, and it is their their season to portray however they want. I thought they had a great season. If they want to treat it as a lost season or a collapse, sure. I don't think it's collapse. You can say, <laughs> you can say at the end they ran out of steam, or even call it a choke job. But the second half of baseball, like after the All Star break, they were like forty six and twenty seven. They were a great team after the All Star break. They're all their, their second half was like a ninety five to hundred win pace if you stretch it out a whole season, and the Braves matched that by by one extra win. And they also had like a ginormous winning streak against weak opponents in June. They the Braves win Sizzler. They basically played 700 ball from June on. And I think I think it really robs how awesome the Braves have been to just portray that the Mets collapse. They didn't collapse. The Braves were really, really fucking 
good, and they caught you. They should have caught you sooner. This would have been a way easier pill for you to swallow. I'm sorry they caught you at the very end of the season, but they didn't accidentally win those 101 games. Yeah. <laughs> Babies. They're... They spent a lot of money to win 101 games. Like They, <laughs> they built a team. Oh, well, well, you can position it as, man, they really spent a ton of money to only be a wild card team. I mean, that's just the truth. The Mets, all they'll ever be, is just a wild card contender at very best. <laughs> that's all it can be. I'm kind of at their very best. I'm kind of annoyed that Texas did as shitty as it did because I I thought that me saying half a billion dollars for seventy eight wins was good, but they actually underperformed to where they only won sixty eight games. So you know, um, taking a little. Uh, Taking a little Schadenfreude off the Mets here, um, you know, the Tex- at least not the Texas Rangers, who spent, uh, who devoted uh, five hundred million dollars to three players in the next four years to win sixty-eight games this season. So at least they're not that. Oh, also, um, before we get any further, as I'm looking at the Texas uh, Rangers scouting page, a uh, little high school humor here. Do you know? Uh, guys, pull up their baseball reference page. Um, click on their 2022 team. What's the name of their scouting director? It's a pretty interesting name. It's not like Ho You Fat, is it? Uh, it's close to something. <laughs> the first name's Kip, which is a pretty, it's a pretty weak name. But uh, Kip the, Wells. Uh, yeah, it does start Kip. Um, the last name. Uh, the last name's unique. I feel like I should have just Googled scouting director instead of <laughs> Rangers baseball reference. <laughs> uh, let's just say it's a very problematic last name. <laughs> Wait, how do you find that? Because I'm on their website. Uh, well, you don't go there. It's on their baseball reference page. So um, it's... Oh, uh, shit. It, uh, uh, here, here, here. Managers, president, farm uh, director. Oh, no. Yes, there we go, finally. Just say it. Uh, when we're not gonna say it, we'll get canceled. It um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it rhymes. It rhymes with bag, is what it does. So it's uh, good to see uh, Texas has gotten more uh, moderately progressive uh, in some aspects, uh, but still, um, but uh, still has a ways to go. Unlike this podcast, which is perfect and I... progressive in everything it stands for. I hope this was text like a Texas organization's answer to like when did you get some diversity in here? Oh, look <laughs> at this guy! <laughs> this guy would be perfect. It's actually pronounced "fag," not uh, <laughs> not that it's "fag." There's no "y" in there. Um, let's uh, we we gave out like final grades in the text chat, but we can rag on uh, the league. Um, Uber kudos to Baltimore. I'm happy they. Uh, they got a winning record. Awesome season for them. Um, great on the Mariners. I love I love me some Mariner action. Uh, fuck Cleveland for, you know, good for them to get to the postseason as the youngest team. But uh, I, I don't. I think uh, I think uh, frugal teams do more harm than good uh, because teams will copy that. And it's not about, I think, uh, uh, working with what you got because I, we all know these ownerships have, you know, these teams have way more money they can spend. Um and for my uh, biggest LOL, uh, the Chicago White Sox. I can't stop shitting on them. It's so funny. 
Tony Tony Larusa goes out and they finish five hundred. And they uh, killed Tony Larusa. <laughs> Yasmani Grandal, Yasmani Grandal can burn in fucking hell. At least he at least hit better oh, than no, Yachty. Bit- I I can at least hold that over Nick that Yachty pulled off a math this season. But uh, <laughs> fuck Yasmani for uh, for shitting his pants so hard. I I've seen the name floated as the next manager of the White Sox. It's uh, Mike I've Schilt? seen it a couple times. Yeah, uh-huh. Mike Schilt. Yeah, I heard that along with the Royals. And um, if, <laughs> if really it would be guys. wild for him to go back to back former Cards man, like that'd be <laughs> such a little brother move. Well, after they also like, had uh, you know Miguel Cairo fill in or you know being the interim manager for when Tony was out, it would be it'd just be perfect. It would. Um, in typical Schilt fashion, he would inherit a very good team from a uh, archaic shitty. Actually, no, guys, it'd be so awesome if he did the Royals because he would take over for Mike Matheny again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, thinking. no matter oh, what, he's dude. replacing a oh. former Cards manager. Just this seat. Yeah, oh like boy, fucking Ken Boyer is going to be manager. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, this would be so perfect. Oh man, if God, if you're real, give us this, give us this tasty little morsel here. Give us. Give us Shilty taking over for either uh, Matheny or TLR. That'd be so awesome. Um, any any lulls you want to dish out in the league? I just gave you my lulls and attaboys and kudos. Um, you guys got anything? Just yeah. glad to see the Mariners. I think I'm gonna. I'm excited to watch the Mariners. Mariners and Cardinals are gonna be the. That would be teams so cool. Yeah, that's, it would uh, be. It, let's be honest we're not getting past the phillies uh guys we're no longer a pro cardinals podcast we have bets on the line we have mortgages that we might lose we have cards that are going to be repossessed um we're uh we are definitely uh team um, who's the shittiest wild card we're a team rays we're tampa we are don't say gay tampa rays this season <laughs> josh what do you got uh, really not much on the league, but I can share how me and Nick did in fantasy. In oh, how'd that go? Well, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... When you do that, I'm going to check my boiling pot of water. Yeah, go for that. Okay, so number one is this guy named the Great Hamburglar. Uh, his name's Chandler. Then there's the Rhinestone Parlor. I don't know who these people are, by the way. I guess these are Nick's friends. Um, he... Finished second, and then uh, Joe Buck's Hair Plug Plug, which is my team, uh, came in third. I was in first for, well, actually, I was in second for a hefty portion of the season. This fucking Hamburglar dude just went ham. Number four is Michael Girth, which is uh, Nick's team. So, I uh, looks like I scored, I don't know, like 360 more than him over the course of the season. We got Stone Stone Crone Steve Austin uh, at five. I get Jazz at six. I think that's an awesome team name. Uh, we got Jimmy Edmonds Broadcaster School. That's a uh, Kramer. And then, and then uh, STL Smokers. That's a uh, Luch. So he finished last. <laughs> Still boiling water, but uh, trade rate. Yeah. Talk about the trade rate. Oh yeah, I don't even. I think Nick got like Mike Trout for some like fucking scrub. It was it was a very lopsided trade. I'd have to go back to that. 
But yeah, it didn't end up. Was it was it during the week? Mike Trout was like he may have the worst back injury of all time, and then he was fine the the week the next week. It was like a week before that, so he's like, "Yeah, but he might be injured." Like shortly after it went through, and I'm like, "Okay, man, if I like, if we're saying speaking of Mike Trout, sorry to." change the fantasy baseball but like oh, no, yeah Aaron Judge hitting 62 <laughs> amazing Mike Trout hitting 40 and playing like half a season like Trout hit 40? Trout hit 40 God damn dude his last like four or five seasons his average is like 50 something home runs if he can get a whole fucking season in yeah let me double check I think it's I think I'm looking at 40 bombs in 119 games he hit 45 and 134, 39 and 140, and 33 and 114. So since he started getting hurt, his 162-game average is 50 homers on the dot. The guy who can maybe hit as many home runs as Pools and who isn't, just if he just fucking stayed healthy. <laughs> yeah. God damn. That is so incredible. Hey, before we dive into the Cardinals thing, um, let's, uh, let's, let's bring up this debate. Um, AL MVP. Judge. Judge. Easy. Easy. I think I'm... I think I'm... I, you, you Shohei Watani. You motherfucker. Don't be a contrarian cunt. Fucking come on, come on Ryan. You don't believe this. I... He, come on. If we're talking most valuable player, Ugh. he plays two positions on the field. Like, how is that not value? I don't well, know. Uh, well, I mean... You know, I agree. I, I it makes yeah. me like and looking at his WAR. What he's at, what he's like, two WAR below. Yeah, he has like nine and a half, and Judge has like eleven and a half. WAR, which is, uh, I hear a stat that measures a player's value. Correct. Yes, yes, <laughs> but it makes me think. If... Just check it in. And uh, I know. Wait, wait, I... wait. Say that again, Aaron. Okay, Judge so was wait. I'm looking at it now. More? Judge is 10.6, Otani is 9.6. So, yes, he's beating him by one. You're looking at B, yeah, you're looking but, at B-War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it just made, like, how how can Otani be a top 10 pitcher and, like, a 30 bomb? Like, how I, I just feel like the war isn't calculated because because he plays DH, he's at, like, a disadvantage when he's batting. Like, he never gets, I don't know. It just, I, it makes me feel like more could be off then, if no, Otani can accumulate so many, contribute in so many more categories. Ryan, Otani was worth nine point six four, which is like nearing historical levels, right? That is an amazing season. And would you? I would argue this that in order to beat. A historical legendary season that Otani did, being eligible for batting and pitching accolades, the only way to beat that would be have an equally or more legendary season than him. Which I would say Aaron Judge definitely had. Right? Yeah. 62 bombs. Um, You get a triple crown? Let me look. Let me change this. No, he didn't get it. Probably what batting average got him. Yeah, he was like point something off. Fucking Luis Arias, shoot him into <laughs> shoot him into the spinning fans of a fucking helicopter. That piece of shit. 
Ugh. Judge hit 311. He hit 62 taters. Drove in 131. He scored 133 runs. And in Fuck. addition to that, yeah, what was his OPS? Which is ain't to shit on Otani. And Judge had a 1.11. There was only one other guy in the entire fucking majors with a one dot, and that was Jordan Alvarez. And he's doing this in a in a game that offense is down, where the ball is less juiced. He posted an OPS, you know, 250, 260 points higher than Otani. His offensive value is weighted runs created plus is 207, which is a historical level. Like, over 60 higher than Otani. Shohei wins this if Aaron Judge has a normal season. But, you know, my this is the position of it. It took another legendary season to beat an already legendary season. Well, I mean... I, all my I'm opinions are correct and valid. Everyone bow down to me. <laughs> I, just, I just think, you know, I don't factor in the pitching as much. Like, yeah, he was great on the mound, but we have the Cy Young for that. So, I mean, I guess my thing with it is, is like, okay. But we also have, like, the batting title. Like, for the best hitter. Like, there's... Or Hank Aaron Ward would probably be a better is who would is be the a better best player who brought the most value to. I'm I like I think it can be either one. Like I'm I'm I, like I'm going against you guys, but it's like yes, they're both amazing players who I would die to have oh, either God. one on when my you, team. Um, um, what it, here here? Let me see if I can find this because here let's 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 fluff Otani's Garfield for a bit. Okay, um, let me see if I can find. What were teams hitting against him as a starter in terms of all starters in the league? Let's see where he ranked in that. He was definitely not Jose Barrios. Uh, or Barrios, sorry. Um, Otani was 10th in batting average against. I would bet, if I can find it, his OPS allowed is probably like bottom five, like the good bottom five. Otani really put it together on the mound. He was fucking unreal. He was worth double the value he was on the mound than he was at the dish. He was worth nearly seven wins pitching and only like two-something to three-something. I'm using fan grass war, by the way, so that may be all okay. a little bit what you're seeing. But, like, uh, you know, he, he, his, he he's always been a good pitcher. It was nice to see him not only qualify because he threw at least 162 innings, but he dominated so much, and he changed up his repertoire going two-seam slider combo. He... Punched out over 200 guys. He had a sub 2.4 ERA. He was unreal. And he missed like five or six starts. He could have challenged for like 200 innings. And arguably a fucking Cy Young. Which, you know, I much prefer it, over Justin fucking Verlander. I, th- I think if Otani continues to do this, he's going to win another MVP. I think... Like, do we think... Aaron Judge recreates this season, or is he going to kind of regress back down? He'll get injured. That'll be injured. Downfall. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, whenever I look at it, I do factor in Otani's pitching, but, like, it doesn't have the same weight as the batting categories does, if that makes sense. It's like... Mm -hmm. Josh loves bombs. Josh just loves (laughs) anti-pitcher. 
the Josh hard ninety. A, the a smell of popcorn. Ball game going into the ninth. The smell, the smell, the smell of Tony LaRusso. Perfect game. I fucking hate a perfect game. <laughs> perfect smell. game to me is 45, 48. <laughs> the smell of, uh, he loves the smell of Tony LaRusso's vomit as he pukes from Big Mac land <laughs> onto the denizens below. That's what Josh wants in his baseball game. None of this, none of this respect pitching bullshit. <laughs> Um, honestly, if they went with Otani, I will not carry, because I don't want to side with Yankees fans, so I will stay out of that discourse. Judge is my pick. Um, I think his historical season, I think it outweighs Otani's. Um, but if they went with Shohei, like, I get it, man. I mean, he, Shohei was, he was a good hitter and a great pitcher. To, like, counter my argument as well, like, I've been a big, like, I think the MVP should be on a team that that's actually competing, because right. like it's like a tree falling in the forest. If your team, like you, could be the best player on the goddamn like Reds, and you're still on the Reds, and you're irrelevant yeah. this time of year. Like that's why Joey uh, Votto never won one. <laughs> yeah. Joey Votto won an MVP. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. he won it over Albert in like 2010. The uh, Reds were good in that sure. short span. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of used to get in fights with the Reds. Those are the days. Those were so fucking brawl. Your profile picture had his career ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, God. let's uh, uh, let's kick it to let's grade the season because I'm gonna have you guys grade it uh, while I while I drain while I drain my noodle, if you know what I mean. No, uh, what, uh, Josh, go first. Uh, give us, you know, your summary or, you know, your grades. And you don't have to give all of them, but, you know, things that leap out to you. Like, how are you going well, to rank it? I, I don't really want to go player by player because I think that's going to be boring. But um, I'll definitely give a little opinion on the season overall. I'll break it down by pitching and hitting and defense. Uh, so, defense, uh, we didn't break that record of, you know, at least – errors but you know we were still fucking damn good who fucked um, that up uh, um certain guy <laughs> who uh could just you know fall off the earth if he needed to uh little man who uh his parents are active in uh social media particularly with someone on this podcast <laughs> um a, a little man who looks like he got kicked in the head by a donkey and then shit on. Um, Paul DeYoung. It was Paul DeYoung playing second base as an emergency. And he fucked it up. But, um, nevertheless, we had fucking Nolan being Nolan. We had Goldie being Goldie. Fucking Edmund is going to get another gold glove this year, whether they give it to him at the utility spot or they give it to him for short. Um, yeah, I... I'm I'm happy. Uh, so moving on to offense, it's the Cardinals. It's always up and down, but this year was a little different because we had Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado actually get hot at the same time um, for once in their careers, which is very cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, catching was a total fucking nightmare. We didn't have anything going on there. It was fucking miserable. Um, let's see. Outfield, eh? T- Tower O'Neill's injury is 
you know, regrettable. Trading Bader for Montgomery, well, you know, we lose the defense, we lose a cool guy on the team, but uh, that outfield by committee seemed to work pretty pretty well down the stretch. Uh, I don't know. I would say I give our offense like a, like a solid B. Uh, I'd say I'd give our defense an A. And then pitching-wise, I'm going to break this into half because the first half pitching I'm giving like a C-, minus, um, which could be arguably be a D. But um, say from like the all-star break or the trade deadline on, I'll give our pitching an A-. minus. We were, other than, you know, Wayno getting a little fucked up down the stretch and Jack Flaherty coming back and not being, you know, necessarily immediately, you know, a stud again, but he's working his way back and I've got confidence in him um, heading into the postseason. I, I, I would say the additions of Montgomery and Quintana probably saved our season because um, that really just, after that, we just fucking took off like a soaring fucking phoenix across the land. It was awesome. You know, uh, so it, yeah. Until uh, Bueno's troubles, our starters were top ten down the stretch, which um, Mo does it again. You know, he righted the ship last year by bringing out the uh, senior citizen brigade, and this year he uh, just gets normal pitchers instead. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I know we all clamored for Juan Soto because he rules and fucks with an iron cock, but uh, held all our prospects, won the division you know, address what was most pressing, which was, um, you know, our pitching. Um, Juan Soto, while awesome, I mean, he struggled with the Pirates, or Pirates, Padres. He hit, posted a 778 OPS with him. So, I know, like, you know, I'm disappointed in Dylan Carlson, but I'm happy he survived. But he's got to take a step forward eventually because – if it comes down to we didn't ship off a league average hitter for Juan Soto, that would that would be a bad thing. <laughs> That'd be a bad thing to be remembered for. <laughs> Other than that, massive success, I would say. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts here? I think I was I was going through you know stats while you guys were, were talking, listening, and if you would have told me like, yeah, Carlson didn't pan out this year. Um, O'Neal was hurt the whole season. Gorman didn't really have a true breakout. Like, he, he did well, but he didn't have a true, like, breakout season. You know, Yepes was good, but he was up and down as well. Didn't have, like, a really true breakout season. And you told, like, if you would have told me that that was going to happen, I would have been like, oh, this, we probably missed the wild card. Like, we, I felt like at the beginning of the season, we really needed those things to happen. For like this team to be successful, like at the beginning of the season, everyone was picking also like Arenado to have like a down year. Like I think people were saying like he'll probably bat like two forty, two fifty. He'll still hit some bombs, but his batting average will be down. Like it doesn't play well in Bush Stadium. Like so, if we were putting all that together at the beginning of the season, I would have thought we, yeah, we would have missed the wild card for sure. So for me, we exceeded like expectations tremendously. Um, like, like Josh said, like Nolan and Goldschmidt kind of being the anchor, like both being MVP caliber, 
for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And Pujols coming out of nowhere. Like, I'm glad we were, I was, I was wrong. I'm glad you were wrong, Tom. Like, I really thought that was going to just be, if, uh. if the other players didn't break and if we would have had a non-competitive season and Pujols is on this team playing how he did the last 10 years, I was like, this is going to be, this will be a train wreck. But yeah, just seeing Devil Magic turn on runs. Him. Yep. Devil Magic runs through all of us, and uh, <laughs> it's like nothing bad can ever happen. This is why Cardinals fans are like, yeah, we're the best fans ever, because nothing bad happens to us. Oh, <laughs> like, stop it. No Pete, matter how much, like, how Pete Alonso's going to bring a big us. fucking hammer to the arch because you saw us said that. <laughs> he will kill again. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. It's but, the thing we give our fan base shit for. Yeah, it's like they don't... Because, like, yeah, talking to, I guess, uh, to, like, your everyday fan, everybody's like, yeah, of course this happened. Like, why wasn't pools op- op- like awesome? It's like, well, you haven't paid attention to pools for the past 15 years. Like, like yeah. Uh, Was he that awesome? He posted his worst OPS as a Cardinal in his career. <laughs> and he never once paid for drugs and he never once paid for drugs <laughs> not once I think what this shows is that um, Dave Sombrowski is going to have to go back to the drawing board on his projections because uh, when we did our projections um, we went against the grain and uh, said Nolan and Goldie would uh, perform better and I remember the numbers we gave like like 850 OPS for Nolan and maybe high eights, low nines for Goldie, and they blew it out of the water, quite honestly. Um, even fan, Fangraphs missed the boat on Tyler O'Neill. They gave like a pretty big, like, like window for like here's his here's his basement, here's his ceiling, and O'Neill fucking somehow got even lower than that. Um, it offense was great. The pitching that bullpen needs a lot of help. Um, we don't strike guys out, aside from Helsley and Gallegos. No one, no one That's... comes in and racks up huge K numbers, which is what you need. Palante, yeah. while a great, you know, su- he's an unsung hero. Um, but like, don't let that success fool you. He had a like nearly one and a half WHIP. He's good at keeping the ball on the ground and out of the park. But it, you know, he needs to he needs to find a way to punch dudes out. Uh, we saw you, how this caught up with Hudson. Oh, go ahead. Do you guys think, and I I haven't seen this, I haven't really looked at Twitter since like two or, two or three hours ago, but um, like they're going to use Monte in the high like high leverage situations, I would assume. Like, yeah. It seems like he's going to be their lefty bullpen arm if that's the way like they've set up the roster. If Q's going and uh, Mikkel is tomorrow night, like or Saturday night. Yeah. Like that's go like I feel like Monty's going to be used as our left-handed bullpen arm because we kind of we sent Cabrera down, correct? Yeah, and Cabrera, while he's gotten his velocity back, I wouldn't let him near this playoff roster unless a ton of guys got hurt. Quite honestly, and the Phillies don't really have many left-handed batters; just their two biggest boppers are left-handed batters. Like it's yeah, with Schwarber and and Harper. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, when we take a quick aside. Um, Nick Castellanos fucking sucked this year, so we get that. Fuck uh, that guy. Fuck that guy. We get that amusement. 
But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Monty would be good for it. He struggled a little bit when he came to us to against teams over 500. I know he pitched great against the Yankees. But, I mean, it's fucking baseball, man. So, he, I say this now, and he maybe comes on and throws four scoreless innings to get us, get us a W in, like, a high-scoring affair, you know. Yeah. Um, Quintana, Michaelis, uh, definitely good ones, too. Have they released what their third might be if they go with one? Because all no, I've seen they... posted is just the one and the two. So we're looking at either making an early exit or, or get or an early victory on this one. I think I think Katie Wu said, like, they're going to use Flaherty, Montgomery, mm-hmm. and right out Wayno in, in, high, like, in high leverage situation. Like, so that means I think just whoever we don't use, if we make it a Sunday... Wayno, I think, would be better for, like, um, like long relief, which isn't, like, it ain't, it ain't made worse, obviously. I mean, it is made worse, but it ain't because of, like, his bad September. But, like, if you bring a dude in to get out in high leverage situations, you want it to be a guy with a high whiff rate. You want a punch-out guy. Flaherty can strike guys out. Monty, not so much. But, you know, he, he has the ability to do it. Um, Zach Thompson would be good for it, but like Wayno I mean, doesn't Matt's quite fit the mold. Really good. Matt's has K per nine or K per inning stuff, and if he's coming out of the pen, he's firing like ninety five plus. Um, he's he's been looking decent, so that's not a that's not a bad lefty matchup coming out of that one. I could probably trust Matt's with a with a relief inning on that. Was More Matt so on the, the roster? I didn't. Did I didn't see? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's they um, who they optioned down? God damn it! My brain stopped working. Um, Cabrera, I know Cabrera. O'Neill, O'Neill, and Cabrera are the ones optioned. So that's who they. Uh, that's who they kicked down the road. And Packy and Gorman. I really hope Gorman becomes God mode. Dude, I'm yes. feeling it. <laughs> They have a lot of fucking Puig. They have a lot of right-handed pitchers. It's as I'm pointing out, like that's going to be. Hopefully, he just gets a hold of something. Does this mean Pools won't see the lineup as much now that we're like playing meaningful baseball, or do you think he still gets in against righties? His OPS against righties in the second half was like 850. He's earned the right to be the everyday DH until he okay. ha- doesn't earn the right. Um, ah, shit, I had something I was going to contribute on that one, but I'm a big dumb idiot. Um, God damn it. Fuck! That's going to piss me off. Anyway, conti- continue with the discourse. <laughs> <laughs> chat amongst yourselves. Oh, God. Chat Play. amongst yourselves. Oh, no. Reference. Gorman. Uh, I want to because uh, the Grand All projection I prediction I did has hurt my pride so much. Uh, I have to try and regain it. I nailed Gorman's, uh, so uh, you know everyone bow down to me. But Gorman, Gorman, um, he he survived a set uh, seven hundred plus OPS is what we're looking at. Great addition, I think, for. Um, uh, for the wild card round, either as DH or a power bat off the bench. Great addition there. Um, the one that is getting the most controversy, you know this is coming, is old PDJ. Paul DeYoung's on the wild card roster. What is going on with that, fellas? 
I I think it's the other way. I think Gorman may be starting at second base at a minute short. We might have Donovan in the outfield. And I think Pauly D might be coming in for defensive if we if we have a lead. Well, they mainly have him, I think, as a substitute in case something happens to Donnie and Edmund. Um, Donnie, I guess with O'Neill off, I guess Donnie could be in the outfield. He would play better outfield than Yepes. But, like, yeah, again, I mean, if you have, I mean, if you have fucking Gorman on the roster, surely he's your, he's your, um, you know, your backup guy. Because Donovan plays a very competent second, and at, Tommy's going to win a, a gold glove. So, I Donovan at the front of the lineup. I mean, you're gonna want him getting on base more than any, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it also seems like with the Deluzio, the fuck keeping that. him on the roster. <laughs> but he seems like he's like I feel my, like it was like my hit. DeYoung and Deluzio are defensive substitutions. I think they they've got a lineup that can. Deluzio's dang. that and for pinch running because he's very fucking fast. Um, he has to be to run from all his Christian extremist views. So <laughs> that's precisely what he's on there for speed. He's Dave Roberts for the Red Sox. So that's that's his contribution, which is good. It's fine. But um, I've been given. Uh, I've been saying this to Nick to upset him because uh, it's fun for me. I hope Devil Magic kicks in and Paul DeYoung goes off in the postseason so we're all left with the greatest fucking joke the best fart joke ever (laughs) that would add to the entire like like the cardinals have had their you know historic story and i feel like like for at least for me i think tommy were the same we hated on pools we signed him he had the storybook year but then to come full circle on nick having put pdj be the Hero of the postseason would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like it would just everything comes full circle. He bangs one, and do they even call it? What do they call the park in Astros? Not Minute Maid anymore. What's what's Astros Park? And Ron Field. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's where they had it before uh, things happened suddenly with that company for some bizarre. No, it's still called Minute Maid, though. It's still Minute Maid. Is it really? Yeah, it's still been Minute Maid. It's still a shitty lemonade. So, um, God, if God is real, or actually, no, there is no God. There is a devil because he has us play like works six, for us in mysterious ways. Yeah, six fifty ball it. in August and September <laughs> for the last twenty years. It's uh, fucking Bill Dewitt, isn't it? It is because he, he, he will never he die. Looks like a he kind of looks like a devil. Like I could see him suit where, taking that vessel. Devil, wear, like. devil wears a fucking blue suit, bro. In <laughs> a cardinal's hat. It's fucking lizard people. Have you guys read or seen the stand? No. Yeah. I just imagine like one cardinal way that big fucking tower becoming like Bildewitz. Um, like Randall uh, flag, like tower where he's at the top of it, just fucking fucking everyone. That's, that's the apocalypse. Like who's one the... corner away is the Randall flag tower for the apocalypse. Well, who's trash can man in it? Who's the guy who brings the fucking nuke to uh, nuke to uh, uh, Dewitt's Las Vegas and blows it up? The hand of God, so to speak. Who's uh, who would that be? Um, uh, 
it would be. It has to be Paul DeYoung, right? Paul DeYoung's got. <laughs> he's got to save. And de- he's got to save and destroy this franchise. Uh, Schilt. Hey. You know. Schilt Does that guy ride like a four wheeler through the desert with that nuke? Say again. Is, it, is that that? Does that guy ride like a four wheeler through the desert with that nuke? Yeah. So he's trash like, can man. <laughs> trash can man in the book is is an arsonist. He's a mentally deranged arsonist. And he's drawn to Las Vegas, uh, where he becomes a, a craze follower for Randall Flagg. But Trashy just wants to blow up the world and and everything in it. So he becomes obsessed. I've seen this movie. Yeah, he goes and gets a fucking nuclear weapon to bring as uh, you know uh, um, tribute to Randall Flagg, and then a giant godlike hand comes down, detonates it, and destroys all of Vegas. And uh, there you have it. And uh, Gary Sinise yeah. lives with his broken leg. And uh, Cardinals baseball, that's how you spell it. M-O-O-N, Cardinals baseball. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who plays uh, plays that character is uh, Bill Faber-Cakey or whatever, the guy who voices Patrick Starr. And that is, uh, you know, we should rewatch it and then just imagine SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants rendition of the stand would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Krabs is, uh, I guess it could be Plankton. Uh, Plankton has Randall Flag. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Krabs, with, <laughs> here in Las Vegas, I'll have access to the secret formula. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. What, what's our? What, Where were we before that? Sorry, yeah, I, I didn't yeah, yeah. this. No, no. What's our bowl? We gotta, we gotta think. What's our predictions here? Let's make our cardinal prediction, which is that we go all the way. All right? Now, what is... Pretend we're not Cardinals fans. Pretend we are betting every money, every dollar we have as experts in Las Vegas. What is... What's your pre- or postseason predictions here, guys? Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers. They're taking it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Right dog. I, I don't think anything bad happens to this franchise. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I think we win it all. I think it, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to sweep the Phillies. Our win two games in a row. I, uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a big double magic year, and everyone's going to hate us more going forward. Ooh. Oh God, I don't. And you're saying this as a non-Cardinal fan? Because that was the question. My as a non-Cardinal fan? Yeah, like, you got to look at it from a non-biased perspective. I think I, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to be biased. I, 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 guess I, I guess I can't see through bias. I'm unbiased to biasness. I'm just here I th- and here I thought this was Bill O'Reilly, the no spin zone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just, I don't I, know who to root. Like, I think it'll be the Astros taking the ALCS, and I honestly do think it comes down. It'll, it'll either be the Dodgers or Braves or Cardinals. And honestly, if the Cardinals beat the Braves, I think we beat the Dodgers. So, um, I think betting, the Mets betting, will get bounced. I think weekend. I think the Mets, while a great team, because their fans are so masochistic that the team has to <laughs> has to lay an egg against the Padres in two, 
because that's what the Mets fans want. They don't want any success. They only expect the worst fucking thing to happen. So, hey, Pete Alonzo, uh, Jacob DeGrom, Buck Showalter, give your fans what they want. Give them a big, spicy, meaty turd to chew on for the offseason. That's exactly what they want, and because they're Mets fans, that's what they fucking deserve. So give them that. Yeah. If we give them turn on turn on Steve Cohen, be like we should eat him alive. Yeah. That would be great. Um, if we get past the Braves, I think we get past the Dodgers. Um, but like, if I'm a betting man, I mean, I just look at you know the most the this is fucking tried at this point, but Dodgers Astros, those two. Um. I, Yankees have firepower for obvious reasons, but they're you know carried by one guy, uh, essentially. Um, we'll have to see how Garrett Cole pitches now that he gets another crack at the postseason, uh, removed from his uh, his uh, blow up starts from last year. The Rays are always sneaky because they have a mega, they have a super bullpen, and the Guardians have a super bullpen. Um, it's hard to say. We know the Dodgers are going to get past whoever they're going to get past in the first round in the NLDS. Um, whether it's the Mets or the Padres. And I'm confident the Astros will handle whoever they do in the first round. And after that, I honestly, God, think it's anybody's game. Um, I don't have faith in the Padres going all the way. Um, Vegas Tom has no faith in the Cardinals' bullpen, but if they're utilizing starters in there and their offense, I have faith in that. Um, Braves have Strider. They have a good bullpen. They also have a great offense, and they've been red hot since June. Um, my sneaky dark horse would be the Mariners. Mariners have a fantastic bullpen, and they have pop. If I had to pick a dark horse, I would say Mariners, but uh, Vegas Thompson is probably you know, your typical Astros fucking Dodgers thing. That's getting old. Wish these guys would get old and die already. Fuck Dusty Baker. But the Astros just turned over. This is a whole new Astros team. Kind of. Like, I mean, Verlander. Yeah, I mean, Verlander, Altuve, and Alvarez, though. I mean, they still have Bregman. Like, by turnover, I mean, it's Carrera. That's who they ship. Granky left, but it's not like that integral. But also Springer left. Springer left over a year ago, but they still have, like, that other, other core ingredients. Like, they're new, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't say, like, a massive turnover. They're still well, and Jeremy Pena is not that bad. I mean, if you, Jeremy like, Pena is really good. Yeah, if Springer and Correa leave like any other team, that team is going into a rebuild. Like, I just think it's impressive. I'm just saying it's impressive that the Astros are still there after they've had two major pieces leave. Yeah, and, fair enough. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. They had the best AL record. I. Honestly, didn't see that coming. I really thought the Yankees were going to run away with it, but then they decided to make hot chocolate in their trousers. So, um, yeah, Jeremy Pena rules. Astros had. I'll tell you what the Astros have that makes them such a great favorite is they have electric starting pitching. Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, obviously Verlander, and Urquidy. They have great starting pitching arms, and that is really, really like. You know, you think of an ace. You think of an ace like uh, Justin Verlander, a guy who pays, you know, like a 150 ERA plus. He's a K per nine, you know, something like that. But, I mean, I think I think the Astros had two guys. I think Verlander didn't even get 200 innings. I think it was – let me look it up. I think it was Valdez who did. Um, let me pull up their pitching here. 
Come on, load. Wait, so time. But like you're saying starting pitching is very important for like a playoff team, right? The Astros have that, and I would say that yeah. is incredibly important for them. Yeah. And they also have Do you think starting reason. pitching is more important than like having like a bopping bat? I think when it comes to postseason baseball, it really comes down to your pitching. I think it's just the axiom of just like uh, of defense. Uh, will outweigh a good offense, and by defense, so pitching I, would be like more valuable to a team in the postseason. I know, I know what you're fucking doing. I know what you're fucking doing. <laughs> Too bad certain awards don't uh, factor in postseason yeah, performance. Uh, I would say, yeah. yeah, I would say that's very important as a team, as an individual. I mean, you can only pitch once every few days. But as an individual bat, you can hit more frequently. So as an individual, I would weigh the that of the hitter. <laughs> well said, Tom. All right, you guys argue while I pour in this cheese so I can get my spaghetti done. Argue. Kill each other. Mm. Is Nick gay? Is hot dog a Oh. Um, I'm going to the game tomorrow. I oh, am. shit. Hell yeah. I'm taking for it. Are you going with him, Tom? No. no. Tom has to work. Yay. But yeah. Ugh. Well. So we'll see. Taking off work. So, gonna. I bought a big Paschetti sandwich. Shout out Paschetti's. <laughs> Friend of the pod. And I'm going to eat it in Bush Stadium and not buy their fucking shit food. Are you allowed to bring food into Bush Stadium? Is yeah, you can bring... We could bring a whole ass pizza. You can bring anything into Bush what? Stadium. Yeah. Can I bring a gun? As long as, long as it doesn't have glass on it, you can take it into Bush Stadium. You know? Oh. Well. Okay. Can you take pussy uh, in? As long as it's not full of glass, you can take it in. She, she's just sitting on your face, just like, this is only one ticket. This is only one. <laughs> this is what I'm eating. He got me with some party blast. <laughs> oh god I should bring like just a bag of peaches <laughs> and then just keep th- and then just keep throwing the pits like in the bullpen just, just like oh god the fucking peach guy's back <laughs> that's yeah god, what, what, what else could you bring in I mean I wonder if people bring like an entire birthday cake in and just sit it, just by themselves, <laughs> sit in the seat, and just consume like a like a Walmart cake. I've seen people walk in. I've seen people walk in with McDonald's bags before, like just like you buy it and you take it in. Um, my plan is this is my personal plan. I'm taking in a like six pack cooler. And I'm gonna fill it with ice, but I'm gonna buy the five dollar beers beforehand and just like load up, load up my cooler with the, <laughs> like seven five dollar beers, and then just be good to go the rest of the game. Yeah, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wow, Tom has really been involved the tonight. Mike knows I'm far away, but you guys. Don't. All right, I'm finally back. I have... Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Go goblin mode and sneak food in. Um, a whole ass pizza would be hilarious. Like if you got like a shit ton of pizza for like a whole section, like you're like, ah, coming through, got a big order here, and it's like ten boxes, 
Like, wear your Papa John's costume, yeah. just, but still have a ticket. <laughs> hey, get through here. And, hey, I don't endorse any of the beliefs of Papa John Shatner, all right? What I got to admit, <laughs> Papaditas are good, pretty good crust. Got to love the sauce. Got to Hey, come on. We got to let this through here. Make room for these people. I don't give a shit if it's a playoff game. <laughs> so hey, get yourself some garlic sauce. Hey, hey. Hey, Gabagool. <laughs> Do Pop- the Nathan for you, where you put the chili in the soup. God, <laughs> yeah, dude. God damn, <laughs> fucking pop, but not full piss this time. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Papa John's, an Italian in name only, but an Italian cuisine. I keep forgetting it was founded in fucking Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, known for their bourbon and their pizza. Mm-hmm. Gotta love in our Italian culture here in Louisville. <laughs> I'm honoring Nick by eating, um, by eating spaghetti that I made. It's basically like prison spaghetti because I made it off a hotel fucking hot plate, which is about the equivalent of making like wine out of a toilet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in jail. So, did you uh, use uh, ketchup for the sauce, like a real, I, real fucking G wood? I did that, and then I crushed up some fucking uh, cherry tomatoes that I snuck in. That I grew from the compost from our normal prison food. <laughs> mm. oh. Yeah. oh, so good. I'm so happy. Um, ugh. What other fucking insane um, baseball thing? Because we got like our predictions here. We got our feelings on it. Um, no shit. Who do you think is going to rise to the occasion for this team? Who's soup, who's gonna be who's Captain Underpants in the story? My gut says Gorman, but we all want PDJ. <laughs> I'm gonna say Donovan. I think Donovan becomes like oh Devil Magic Player of the Year. Oh and yeah, disappears after this year. But he's, like, <laughs> no. he's he's my son. <laughs> I've raised him. <laughs> um. It has to be Paul. God damn it! Please be Paul DeYoung. <laughs> it would be so great. I would. Or like I pe- fantasize. Packy Naughton. I fan. <laughs> Naughton. Who would have thought Naughton to Young Pools? I would love it if like PDJ comes in, sparks the team, and like Pools hits a walk off blast. Holy Christ on a cross! Oh, God. oh, that would be so romantic. I would come so hard at the game. They would have to put tarps down. Tarps, they would put everyone in, like, plastic. Those are just going to be so excited. God damn. Mm. I'm so happy to finally be eating my spaghetti at 9 o'clock at night. Oh, God. I've got it together. I could survive on my own, even though I had to take my fucking cat with me. Ah! Tom, have you been having any uh, breakfast of... Uh what you did last time <laughs> your chips ahoy and milk <laughs> <laughs> oh ryan have i told you this no oh well depressed tom for three days straight ate cookies and milk for breakfast <laughs> just woke up and was like, i'm hey, a half a sleeve i don't know the just... internet tells me there are no bad foods so you're i think that's fine yeah the well the same internet you use takes me to a right wing site, and it says if I have penis for breakfast, then I'm and then I'm upsetting God. So maybe there are bad foods. 
I don't want to upset God. Oh, um... I can't believe one uh, internet could say so many different things. Wait, since we're, we're near the tail end of the cast, um... Uh, oh, God. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a worse fans episode if we didn't work in a little, um... A little, a little brazen politics. I've been researching Herschel Walker, and what a fucking nutter. <laughs> Holy shit. So, where did he come from? Like, it just seemed like he just showed up on the political landscape, like, th- four years ago, and I've never really heard of him before. I well, mean, he's a famous football player. It's like if O.J. Simpson, who didn't murder someone, but was also had brain damage from football. He came close. He was very famous. He fucking came close to murdering people. But, um... Herschel Walker did? I'm yeah, sure. man, I found out some... I've read some shit today. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... Well... Herschel's renowned because he had, like, a an incredibly uh, historic Heisman season in 1982 for Georgia. And he entered into the USFL, you know, the Donald Trump Football League. Uh, to play, I think, for, uh, I think, the New Jersey Generals. Because um, the USS, USFL, their rule was if you, um, you can enter in the NFL or their draft or sign on as a free agent is what he did. If you complete three years of collegiate ball, the NFL requires that you're three years removed from high school or that you've expended your college eligibility. Um, there are some exceptions for, like, juniors and stuff like that. You have to apply to the NFL for it. So the USFL scooped up Herschel Walker. He played three years, and then the USFL tried to force a merger with the NFL. They won the case, but uh, it destroyed their league. Um, so, you know, Trump touches something, it dies. Herschel Walker goes on to play for the Cowboys. He's part of, like, one of the most infamous trades in history when he gets shipped to Minnesota for draft picks. Yada, yada. He plays until, like, 1997. Afterwards, um, he makes he cuts his teeth uh, being basically a scam artist, being a spokesperson for a bunch of shit. And it turns out he has DID, uh, which is basically multiple personality disorder. Um, and he was off his fucking rocker. Um, here's the thing about it. He's currently running for a Senate seat against incumbent Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Warnock. Um, what we we don't want to besmirch anyone with mental health issues, you know. It you know he wrote a book about um, uh, his dissociative identity disorder, and we we as normal human beings commend. Well, off the pod we do on this pod we're the ter- worst gremlins you can find in a sewer. But like we commend that you know be vulnerably open, try and you know put put as much good in the world. Um, turns out, like, his doctor that treated him is not really a doctor. He's not a medical doctor at all. He has a bachelor's and master's in Bible study and a doctorate in counselor (laughs) education. His doctoral thesis was over demonic possession in Zimbabwe. He believes... (laughs) I'm not fucking kidding you. He believes that some forms of mental illness are signs of demonic possession, he believes that his treatment can actually eliminate homosexuality. And his treatment for diagnosing people like Herschel Walker is... <laughs> I, I did not make this up. All right? He, ha- <laughs> he hands him a drawing of the human brain. He tells him the color of that brain. And depending what colors they use, 
lets him know if they have a brain that's attuned to the occult or witchcraft, as in they have something wrong with them. This (laughs) fellas, this doctor is colorblind. (laughs) Sorry, counselor. This this private high school counselor is colorblind. Um, that is that is that who's treated Herschel Walker. So Herschel Walker has always talked an immense big game. He's over exaggerated everything because um, he understands. I would imagine that if you're going to sell, he 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 understands he's a commodity and he wants to sell it. Uh, also ego driven. He has told fantastically tall tales. Like he only like and when he played football, he only ate one meal a day. He did he would do 2,500 push-ups and 2,500 sit-ups. Just crazy shit like that. His teammates kinda. We're annoyed by that. Regardless, whatever, you know, magnanimous personality. When he retires, his uh, uh, identity disorder, in his words, grew out of control because it couldn't concentrate on one thing. And he became incredibly abusive to his ex-wife, Cindy Grossman. Like, put a gun to her head, said he was going to blow her fucking brains out. She woke up to like a straight razor to her neck and he was going to cut her head off and then he choked her out and then he would wake her up and be like, honey, what's wrong? Like stuff like that. It is incredibly traumatic. This is the kind of thing that, you know, you should take accountability for, right? Because you should not use any kind of uh, mental illness to, uh, to get carte blanche and everything. And the problem is Herschel Walker's taking accountability was going to a Christian witch doctor. And if you've seen him in the in the news lately, I don't think that treatment's working. So, before we before we get to the end, um, he started getting treated in like the early two thousands when he wanted to murder a guy for bringing a car to him late. Uh, he got treated. Him and his wife separated. He stalked her and threatened to kill her, so she had to have a restraining order brought against him. He had girlfriends that he stalked and threatened to kill, and one even filed a police report uh, against him in Texas. Um, we ain't even to the juicy part of why he's in the news right now. Because why he's in the news is because he's running for Senate as a Republican, and he's taking an insanely hard stance against abortion. As a federal ban, no exceptions. Not even the case of rape and incest, okay? He's insane, and I don't mean that as an ableist, okay? Um, what came out in the news is that in 2009, he got a woman pregnant and then paid for her abortion. <laughs> <laughs> he sent her guys he sent her a fucking get well soon card oh god he, he's comical all right he's Start hilarious he, he yeah. fucking he rocks guys he's a dude's rock bro okay now <laughs> that's why he's in the news right now uh other than that he's committed a shit ton of fraudulence like he had a food distributing service that distributed chicken um, that he said was the largest minority-owned company. It was not. Um, he said that his company employed 600 people. That was checked. That was a lie. He then doubled down and said the number was actually 800. But he doesn't realize whenever you file for patient when the Paycheck Protection Program, that shit's public. He may have exaggerated the 800 number by 792. He has eight employees. <laughs> he claimed that he made uh, annually with his co- his company brought in profits annually of 70 to 80 million dollars. That was found to be a lie, and that it was usually around one and a half million. Um, he claims 
Josh, he is Steven Seagal. Okay, he is the Tom Segura Steven Seagal bit. Uh, he is black Steven Seagal here. I've been like a, I've been like a police detective for uh, like 47 years. Man. Josh, like. speaking of that, Herschel Walker said he was a law enforcement officer. He claimed he got trained. I'm not fucking lying. He claimed he got fucking training in Quant- uh, Quantico. That he fucking is a that he works for the FBI. He yeah, he yeah, put it Monica, his fuck shit. his goddamn campaign broadcasted it, and then when challenged on it, they found that yeah he's not really a federal agent. And then when asked for comment, his stupid fucking campaign said, "Well, he's an honorary detective for Cobb County." Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> the newspaper investigated it. Called the Cobb County Police, and they found that, no, that's a lie. And when the campaign was reached out again, they said, well, he just majored in criminal justice in college, and that's what—that's where all this came from. <laughs> like, what? Jesus. He fraud it. He was part, he was, uh, it, I know it goes on forever. I think this might be the last one before we dunk on him and wrap up. He was part of a... Um, a, uh, a an organization by a large healthcare conglomerate called United Health Services, and they had an organization called uh, Patriot Support. I think it was called. Walker went on Hugh Hewitt. And that's how deep this research has gone, and said that he founded it. He did not. The organization was in effect eleven years prior. He was then hired on as a <laughs> spokesperson, but and this is in his campaign videos. This is why it's relevant. Re- relevant. He said he personally helped. 4,500 to 5,000 vets a year when people called him out on it. He's like, well, I was a spokesperson. Okay. Then you do a little research in the organization, and it got sued by the DOJ and 12 other states for government uh, fraudulent, or sorry, for defrauding the federal government. Because what they would do is they would have these uh, vets do outpatient uh, programs, which... um, they could pretty much extend the amount of time out uh, in terms of treatment and just rake in money. And they use that to increase like bonuses for people within this organization. Herschel Walker was a spokesperson for that group. And this fucking United Sur- or Universal Health Services paid him over 300000 fucking dollars a year to be their spokesperson. This is who the Republicans have attached their wagon to to beat Raphael Warnock. It may work. Warnock. It may work. It may work. It may work. But this dude is a walking talking fucking bombast. He is he is the epitome of a giant whoopee cushion. <laughs> he I'm just imagining like a black version of James Carville. He is like, you know, just I'm gonna lie <laughs> and the American public won't know Otherwise, this guy just lie claims to be a fundamentalist Christian, and at this while everything's going on that he is you know Roe v. Wade being overturned, he is a staunch, staunch pro-lifer, and then it comes out that this motherfucker paid for an abortion, and not only that, his gay Christian conservative son, or sorry, gay conservative son Christian Walker is going ham on him on Twitter, spilling all kinds of tea. And we're learning that Herschel Walker has uh, has four other kids that we don't know about. That Herschel Walker lied when he, this motherfucker said he was only with two women his whole life. That's a lie. Bring out Detective Maury Povich on the case. <laughs> this is I. It was so slow at work. I'm like, let's read about this guy. And I, guys, 
I'm not even done. Folks, I'm not even done reading. What CTE does to people? I, this is CTE. <laughs> to me, yeah, because that I concussion know. I had in the summer has made me. It's fucking killing me right now. <laughs> I wonder that too. Like how much of it is chalked up? Like if um, DIT would be associated? Like if there's a correlation for you know uh, head trauma or concussions? But he's been lying his fucking ass off since college. It's incredible just an, an, i want to know more the the man but it's also just like learn because he was i mean he was a star herschel walker was a star oh yeah yeah national like he was the biggest star in football and sports for his time at georgia and then going into the pros but like but you just don't learn like you just have like a you learn to lie then and nobody tells nobody's going to say no or challenge you at that point in your like development and you just learn that like that's okay like because like i don't know like at a crucial point in your life you learn that like it's okay to be over the top and fib a little and right. now it's like playing out in the uh in real life we all want to tell i think good stories and like i think i think people embellish or, or you know exaggerate a story to a certain degree you know, whether it's changing one minute detail or the inflection of another. Like, I think we're all guilty of that. Um, or we misremember stuff and we just fill in the blanks with this is what happened. But, like, <laughs> Herschel's gone, like, another degree. This is, like, an insane level of just, um, um, just, uh, just, like, I, I, I attribute it to just, like, like, he's playing lunch table politics and, like, I I I do feel like a, a twinge of empathy for him, okay? Like at the end of the day he's conservative, whatever, fuck him, all that. But like he's he's been he's picked by the GOP, from my assessment, as like a token black conservative, because it'd be harder to attack that. Because even though the conservatives rail against it and don't have any belief in identity politics, they want to be able to turn the table around and see, like, oh, well, now you're being racist because you're not listening to a black man speak because he has a differing viewpoint. But the guy they picked is, I he's a fucking magic eight ball. Like, you just shake it, and this is what you're going to get. And they did not do any research, it feels like, into his background because they've wheeled out a fucking mess. It is, oh, he's rich and he's a he's a predator and he's terrible. But oh my god, I hope this gets worse. I hope we learn more shit. Oh god, I hope it comes out that he was actually like the lone survivor off United ninety three. Like he jumped out. Like he could have stopped. He could have stopped one of the planes on nine eleven or something crazy like that. Like, <laughs> like he watched a bus full of babies drown. Yeah, he, he could have stopped Pete Alonso. From his who who will kill again, and because he's going to listen to this pod, he's going to take down the arch with a big giant, with a big giant uh, rubber hammer uh, that squeaks when he hits it. Because Pete's a big strong boy. Right. Oh man. Anyway, that's. Uh, I just wanted to share Herschel Walker with you while we filled in the rest. of We made it an hour and fifteen. Uh, who we who we fucking? Yeah. We're getting longer and longer every every episode. We, we yeah, got it. We got a good with them. We're meshing well. We are. Uh, um, are we? Are we killing Nick? Or I mean, did uh, Nick die? Yeah, uh, uh, Nick died. Uh, Herschel Walker killed him. <laughs> Herschel Walker uh, was uh, actually uh, the designated driver for Paul DeYoung 
and uh, not only did they run over Nick, but they po- hit his body uh, by uh, by uh, throwing it in a uh, pig farm. So uh, we may never see him again. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Paul DeYoung uh, pissed on Nick's body before he did it, and he said, "This is for my mother." <laughs> this is for this is for Andrea. This is for Andrea DeYoung. You son of a bitch. You guinea cocksucker. <laughs> anyway, who are we fucking tonight? Um, the the Mets. the Phillies. Uh, oh, I guess the Mets. Oh, we always Herschel fuck Walker. Yeah. Fuck Herschel Walker. Yeah, fuck Herschel Walker. Yeah. 